Welcome, Matt, to the Inquisitive Introvert Podcast. Finally, I got you on. <laughs> <laughs> We've been trying to do this for like a year. Yes, like, right? we have. Okay. We have. But you know, you've just been so busy getting famous. It's just been a little hard to get home. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'm working on it, though. I'll tell you that. Well, Matt, before we get into what you do, we should probably let the audience know a little bit about how we met. We're actually okay. cousins. <laughs> so, we are co- we're our first cousins. Yeah, yeah. First cousins. So we've been knowing each other for a while. I would say I know you a little better than uh, acquaintances, for sure. Yes, that's true. So, Matt, just to give the audience like a little bit of background, you are an independent sailmaker. I'm just a little curious. How was that journey? Because I remember growing up, you used to be really, really into basketball and into sports. Mm-hmm. And going from a jock to more like of a creative, how was that transition? And when did yeah. you know you wanted to be a filmmaker? That's an awesome question, actually, because uh, I talk about sports a lot when I talk about uh, filmmaking. It's a lot of hard work. Like I did four super small shorts, like experimental small shorts while I was at ISU. And I started studying film because I knew I always liked film. I went to ISU for economics, but then, you know, I was just like, I love film. I know I want to do something with it. The econ degree is more so I know the business side. So I need to like start actually learning about film. So I started taking the film classes and I was just hooked. Like those were my favorite classes. So then started taking technical ones, started making the shorts, and then I took on this big project. And I always tell people that um, whatever you want to do, it's going to be hard. And yeah. you've got to have discipline and you got to have drive and you've got to even work when you don't feel like working. And sports helped me with that. Like taking, going to the gym, shooting, make, not leaving the gym until I make 100 shots. Like that type of discipline, having a coach yell at you, but that you still fight through it but in finished practice or not being afraid to take the big shot like that type of attitude it works so well with pretty much anything else if you wanted to go to medical school or whatever like you need that same type of drive and discipline to do it so me playing sports was super integral to me being a filmmaker but um in terms of me like being a creative I always liked acting and I always liked plays and film I played Zeus my eighth grade oh, year at Daniel Booth, <laughs> which is hilarious. I had cornrows. I was a cornrow. <laughs> I always knew I liked film and plays and acting, but I didn't actually go into like taking it as something that I would actually try to do until I was like five years ago. Like I, it happened, me actually looking at it as something like, all right, I'm going to do this. That maybe five, six years ago, but something like that. That happened super recent where I just decided to go into it, go for it. Wow. And Matt, does yeah. that scare you like being a filmmaker? Because I know a lot of artists, they have that passion, but they're very afraid mm-hmm. of sort of like the freelance and the just practically speaking, like bringing in work and bringing home income. Like, does that stop you a little bit from pursuing your dream or is it kind of no, just it like... It doesn't stop me. It does mm-hmm. scare me. But you know how they say being brave is not about not being afraid of things. Being brave is about being afraid of things and still doing it. So yeah. like as a young man that's not married and, you know, doesn't have kids, probably... In terms of knowing my track, it would be easier if I did something more straightforward. If I had, um, being an accountant is not easy, so I'm not saying that. But at least when you're doing that, you kind of know what you are doing. Like, I'm going to do this, and I got to take this test, and I got to take this test. And I know I get this kind of bump and pay after I get this certification. Right. And you kind of like, there's a comfort in knowing what you expect in a certain way. So because I didn't take that route specifically, yeah, it's definitely different. And making film is something that, like, you don't understand unless you've actually been around it in some capacity. So um, people don't necessarily understand 
how much goes into it and, and what exactly you're doing. And it's, well, you know, anytime you do anything with the art, people think you're goofy unless you do it. Yeah. You know, they they think, they call you crazy and then you make it. They're like, oh, I love you. So it's like, a very, it's extreme for creatives. You're crazy all up until you actually put something out. <laughs> so there's definitely a sense of nervousness about being an independent artist, for sure. Yeah. So the struggle is real. The struggle is real. It's, it's worth it, though. Yeah, but it's real. I can relate. <laughs> what is your favorite part of the filmmaking process? You see it from so many different aspects. You're right. a writer, you're a director, you're an actor. So what part of the process or what agency do you like to participate in more? Acting is what I have the least amount of experience in. Really? So I can't say acting, because I didn't even act in Awake. I thought that would be doing too much. So <laughs> all my acting is just like, I've taken acting classes, but that's about it. Other than being in like a Second City acting class and like mm -hmm. doing a monologue in front of a bunch of people, that's about it. I haven't actually done like a play as an adult or been in any type of movie as an adult. So uh, I'm, acting's fun, but I'm not even going to put that into the mix. I will say <laughs> probably at this point, writing. Um, directing's fun. It is like the exact opposite skill set that mm -hmm. you need to be a writer. Uh, directors are like quarterback, kind of. It's like directors need to be like pretty, and that maybe they don't all have to be, but from my experience with being on set with someone that's a director that's not me and just being a director, it seems like directors kind of have to be able to engage with everyone. You have to be pretty extroverted. You have to be someone who can take charge and control the room. The actors are taking a break and they're laughing and talking. They're getting off of what they're supposed to do. You got to be able to, like, all right, guys, let's go. And you have to be able to do it in a way that doesn't piss everybody off, right? <laughs> and you can't be afraid on set to say, man, we've been here four hours, but I don't like these takes. Like, I still haven't gotten what I want, so we're going to stay here another two hours. That's a very awkward position to be in where everyone wants to go home and the actors are like, this guy doesn't know what he wants, but you know, or this you know, woman doesn't know what she wants, but you know what you want. You, you don't get it yet. So you're just yeah. like, all right, let's do another take. And to be able to do that without everyone being like, I hate you, that's a skill on its own. And to make yeah. people excited, but also to like, to be able to like, get an actor to know exactly what you're looking. Because, you know, you want to get back to the room to interpret it their way. But to get them to be on the same emotional plane that you want them to be at that scene. Like, that's a big skill set. Um, writing's like the opposite. Writing, you're by yourself. You're just creating and thinking of this story and this dialogue, and you're trying to make it seem natural, but it's not natural because it's just your imagination. And you're just creating it. So <laughs> yeah. you're trying to take that and turn it into something that seems real. So they're both super crazy and they're awesome, but in different. And then editing is kind of like writing where it's like, you're alone in a computer lab and you're just going through seconds and seconds of footage and you're going through takes and takes and takes and you'll be in the computer lab for 10 hours and you'll change 20 seconds of film. You know, like you can yeah. spend all day in a computer lab and not really change that much. You're like the headway you did is that you got wasn't like super significant because it's so tedious and time consuming. But I don't think I'm an editor long term just because I like... Um, too much of a scatterbrain for that job. Like I edited <laughs> Awake and I was like, after I did that, I was like, I love parts of editing, but I don't think I want to ever edit anything. <laughs> yeah, it'll make you pull your hair out editing. So maybe writing. I think right now writing. writing. Okay. Yeah. I'm happy you said that, Matt, because my next question was, how do you know <laughs> you have a good script? How you know that you have a good script and how you know you have a good anything, show it to someone else. 
show it to a bunch of people and send it to people who you know have some sort of background in what you're going. You send a script that's a coming-of-age movie about a bunch of teenagers, maybe don't send it to your 91-year-old grandmother. She's not going to get it. But like, <laughs> send it to someone who will get it, but who will be blunt and honest and not worry about your feelings. Like, that's how you know you had a good script. Like When I wrote Awake, I sent it to five, six, seven people each draft. And I was like, be harsh, be blunt, be truthful. And they would tell me exactly what they thought. But that's how you make a script better. I think the way you make a terrible script is to do one draft and be the only person to read it. Like that's how you make something <laughs> that's trash. Like, you know? and, but a lot of people do it because it's really hard to have someone critique something you do. Yeah. Because you obviously think that anything you do, just as a human, we think everything mm-hmm. we do is gold. So to have right. someone say it's the opposite of it, it hurts. But like, you need that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Matt, tell us a little bit about Awake. I enjoyed it, but I'm going to let you, the filmmaker, the brilliant person behind this independent film, sort of give the audience a little bit of synopsis about what it's about and how you okay. even came about writing this movie. The funny story about Awake is that it's part of a three-part film series. The idea came to make three very short features. So like features are usually like around 90 minutes. I wanted to make a film that was like 62, 63 minutes. So it's like longer than a short, but it's a very short feature, and um, I wanted there to be a few of them. So because I'm writing Tonight I Fade Away, which is the sequel, I'm probably going to end up reshooting Awake and make sure that um, the production value is higher. But I came about Awake, honestly, because I was going through like a quarter-life crisis. Like I was in <laughs> school, but I was like older than the people in school, but not as old as like the older students, like some of the classes, and the people who are in that class are like under 21 or over 37. <laughs> I felt like I, I didn't have anyone to relate to because I'm not 19. I, I think yeah. the things they talk about, or even the music they listen to, sometimes is awful, but I'm also not married with kids. Yeah. And I'm also not in Chicago, right? I'm in Bloomington mm-hmm. Normal. I'm working a part-time job. I'm broke. So I was like, I felt lost, you know? <laughs> and I'd be talking to people in classes, friends that I've met, and I'd hear some of their struggles. And then I have a bunch of really close, close friends in Chicago, and I'd talk to them. And I just had this sense of everyone's kind of going through all these things, but everyone always thinks they're the only one going through stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to do a short script for a class. And that class ended up getting canceled. So it'll be a year-long class. You write a short film that's 20 pages. You shoot it the next semester. So the next semester, that class got canceled, and I just kept writing. So once I kept writing, a wake happened. And pretty much the theme of it I got from a commencement speech called This is Water. My friend showed me it. He was like, Matt, you got to listen to this commencement speech. And I was like, all right. Then I looked at it. It was like 24 minutes. I was like, I want that 24 minutes. <laughs> but it was like the best decision I made that year. I listened to it. And it was by David Foster Wallace, the commencement speech. And he taught at ISU, I found out. But it was beautiful. Like If you got any time, I would check out This Is Water. And he just talks about how it's just life. Like life is life. Stuff happens, bad and good. It's not about you. It's like things aren't happening to make your day worse. And the idea that that is what's happening just shows that you're living in a very me, me, me universe. And you got to get out of that. You got to just be a part of this thing and understand that we're all brothers and sisters here, that we're all trying to figure it out. And it'll be all right. You know, you just got to look at things in a more positive light. Like that's kind of what the speech was about. And I was, it, hit, it really hit home for me. 
And I was like, yeah, that's going to be the theme of this movie. <laughs> so, so, yeah, like, so that, that's pretty much how it came about. Man, you know, one thing I really liked, Matt, was when I was watching the film, I felt like you really captured the frustration being just in this blurry sort of situation. Like, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm mm-hmm. trying to go somewhere. So, like, how do you capture those emotions so accurately? Yeah, I just took it out of my frustration. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> the things that I've dealt with are people, things that I know that people have dealt with. So, for instance, like, Awake has a bunch of characters, a vignette-style film. So there's Nate and Michael, who have probably the most screen time. But then there's also Jamie, and there's the Travis and Laura storyline. And there's just the three friends at the coffee shop, uh, Noah and Mia and Emma. There's all these different people, and they all have their own storyline. And it's all just normal stuff. I mean, Jamie's storyline is maybe the most serious and also maybe the realest out of all of them, you know, because her mom was sick and she Mm -hmm. had to deal with that while being at school. So Jamie has that going on, right? And she's thinking about her own feelings. She's dealing with that, you know, and then you got Michael who doesn't have a tragedy that he's dealing with. You know, on the outside, everything should be fine with him, but he's so insecure and he thinks he needs to be here because he's trying to keep up with the Joneses. Even though he's a 21-year-old college, there is no Joneses, (laughs) but he thinks like, oh, I should be here. I don't think I'm going to get into a good law school. Like, why don't you know, just go to class, stop oversleeping class, stop drinking so much, you know, stop hanging out with Nate, you'll be all right, you know, and then Nate, right, his dad left when he was young, so he thinks his issues are the most. You know, and then Travis and Laura, they got the whole thing of like, I've known this person for a very long time. Travis has always loved Laura, been in love with Laura, but also he's so young. Is he in love with her or is it just because he can never like tie her down that he's got this emotion towards her? For her, she likes him a lot too. She obviously loves him. They've known each other since they were little kids, but because he's so available, it's just human nature. Like he's too available for her to take him as serious. She knows no matter what, he's going to be there. So of course, Mm -hmm. if someone knows that, no matter how good of a person they are, if you are just that available, that just human nature, that ego is going to come in and she's going to take you for granted. So we have all these things playing out and uh, all these little relationships, you know, with Nate and Taryn. I think the best thing this movie does is it has relatable stories. I think that's the best thing it does. It's an independent film, all student actors, extremely, extremely low budget. But I think what does come through is it's like, yeah, I know what that's like. I've had girls that don't know if they want to be my friend or my girlfriend. They don't, they're not, you know, like everyone, you know, gets it, you know, everyone's met a new yeah. Callaway who's like a playboy a-hole. You know, like, man, you're the biggest douchebag in the world. Like everyone's met a guy like me. Totally understand. Totally get that, Matt. And the casting was really, really good in this film. So how did you go about Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Like I said, it was one of my, outside of the writing, I think the acting was really, really good. So how did you go about mm-hmm. figuring out who's who and why you chose certain actors? First of all, I got lucky a little bit. So some of it's luck, right? And that's part of everything. But yeah. um, I actually, when I wrote it, and I tried to do this on purpose, and I think I'm going to do this probably forever, I tried to not even consider race when I was making characters. I want this kind of act, like this is this guy's personality, this is his background. And then I'm going to cast who best fits this character, right? So that's Mm -hmm. what I thought about going in. But the guy who plays Nate Calloway, who I think, in my own opinion, the best actor in the whole thing, he's a friend of mine. So, like, I didn't even know he was that good. Like, I knew he was an (laughs) actor, and I kind of knew him. And I had wrote Nate, and I was like, man, EJ would be a good Nate. His name's Emmanuel Jackson. And I was like, he would be a good Nate Calloway. So, like, me and him are in a film class together, and I'm like, EJ, like, 
I wrote this script, you know, <laughs> I want you to be one of the leads. I want you to play this guy named Calloway. And at this point, he sees in my shorts. So like, he's just like, well, how long is the movie? I'm like, it's a feature. He's like, all right, well, let me read it, you know, <laughs> let me read it before I commit to this, you know? And I'm like, all right, cool. He reads it. And he's the most flattering guy when it comes to my writing now for some, he's team Matt. So he, he read it and he's just like, Matt, this is amazing. I'm in, I'm in. So I was like, I had Nate. And then a lot of the other actors, I had to keep recasting because, like, none of the students got paid. Like, everyone is volunteer. <laughs> and it's a student. So at that point, I had no reputation as a filmmaker. So these college students were just like, listen, as soon as this becomes tedious, I'm just going <laughs> to quit. Okay, I'm going to quit. And I don't know you, so it doesn't matter. You know, I had a different Travis and Laura, and they both dropped it. So I wow. end up last minute getting the two people who played Travis and Laura, who ended up being way better for the role. Like they kind of looked how I wanted them to look. It was way better. Michael, I knew I wanted Graham to play Michael. I had seen him act. I knew him. And then everyone else, I just got out of auditions. And it was kind of an amazing that people auditioned for this non-paying student film when they didn't know me. But I like did a mass email to the entire theater program and people were auditioning for roles and I mean that's how I picked everyone else but there were a few people who I knew and I was like you would fit that character really well you know <laughs> and yeah it kind of just worked out like that well like I said Matt I really really enjoyed it and this film has actually won a couple of awards right independent movie awards it did I don't have all the titles but it won three film festivals and it got accepted to six which is pretty great seeing as the, we got a grant for 500 bucks and then all the other money for the film, we just kind of put our resources together. And the last festival that I was in, some of those like indie films, and I'm using quotes, like they had, even the little course, they had like $3 million budgets. The movies that we were competing with had big budgets. Not all of them had $3 million, but some of them had, you know, half a million. Some of them had people that you've seen, like, oh, that girl was in this movie or that movie. Like, there's people, like, in some of these other films, you see actors who are like, you're on TV currently. And everyone in our movie was a student. And everyone who was involved in it from cinematography to editing to graphic design, everyone was just a student at the time doing this when they had free time. So just getting accepted into six, and winning three. Oh, no, no, we won four. Sorry. We got best student film for three. And then we got second. We got the Diamond Award for best independent drama. It wasn't even in the student category. And it won wow. this LA Film Festival. I think it's called Fastidious. Yeah, it's called the Fastidious LA Film Festival or whatever like that. And um, we got second place for best independent drama, which is crazy. I was surprised and just excited about the reception they got. Cause I was totally okay with everyone hating it. And, you know, just, it was my first one. I was like, whatever I get from it, it's fine. Cause I'm going to keep writing and I'm going to keep making them. So yeah. eventually someone's going to like one of these, but to have the first one win things, I'm like, better. it was more than I expected. And uh, it just motivates me to keep doing it. So what's next for you, Matt? I know you got the sequel coming up. What's your long-term goal? I would say is it California calling your name anytime. California is, <laughs> I want to finish this series before I go to Cali. And I'm going to okay. eventually do the MBA MFA program, maybe at NYU. I know UCLA has something similar to that. But before I go back to school, I want to have this series under my belt. Tonight I Fade Away is part two. And I call, I'm saying it's a sequel, but not really a sequel. It's more just, it's all in the same universe. 
There's going to be okay. new characters, though. It's not going to be the same crew. So Nate Calloway is still in it, but he's taking a back seat. He's not the lead anymore. Ali, who's a very small character in part one, will have a bigger role. Andre is going to be in it, and he's got some stuff going on with him, with the new crazy girlfriend that he's got in Chicago. The cool thing about Tonight I Fade Away is that it's going to be half on a college campus and half in Chicago, and it's going to be two storylines. And it's going to be about pretty much a group of friends that live together in Chicago that just graduated. And then a group of friends that are seniors now and they're like waiting to get out of the little college bubble and get to the big city. And it's about their issues. And then eventually it's going to all go crazy and blow up and everyone's going <laughs> to be a mess. And, um, you know, it's this movie, tonight, in a way, it's going to be more of a dark comedy than a drama. It's going to be a lot more laughs, but it's still going to be serious. There's going to still have a serious element to it. And there's the message at the end of this one, too. And I think everything I do is going to have a meaning. It's not going to be just for laughs or just to make you cry or whatever. It's, I'm trying to, like, let people know that we're all here. We got you. I yeah. think that's how you're thinking. But maybe try thinking this way. That's what I want to do. Well, I know you got, like, big plans, Matt. Like, you're going to blow up. So all I ask is that you don't forget <laughs> me. Don't forget this don't little, forget, You little don't forget me, all right? You're the one. You're the superstar. Damn. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, you know, all these awards, L.A., New York, it's just like you blowing up on me. So don't forget the little podcast that could. That's all I'm asking. I got you. We gonna, let's, let's blow up together. That sounds good to me. Let's both you know do what? it. I can rock with that. <laughs> oh, last question before I let you go, Matt. Actually, last two questions. Where can people okay. find Awake and where can they follow you on social media if they want to reach out for any like projects? My Instagram account, I don't even know the... <laughs> I don't even know my Instagram. I think I'm just Matt Colston. I'm Matt Cole Films on Instagram yep. and Facebook. Matthew Colston. My profile is public, so you can just go and check out anything that I'm posting about upcoming films on there. And pretty much, I follow more is Instagram and Facebook. I don't have a Twitter right now or anything like that. But if you want to watch Awake, you can just go on to Film Freeway and then type in Awake, and then it'll show you my movie. And it's free. You just go on there and you stream it. It's 74 minutes. So you got an hour and 14 to spare. Check it out. Uh, it's a lot of different storylines. Not boring. Pretty sure my email is on it. So if you want to shoot me an email or hit me up on uh, Instagram and let me know what you think of the movie, that would be awesome. I love to get feedback from the work that I do. Oh, man. Well, this is going to be, like I said, man, you're going to blow up. So I'm going to encourage everyone, please go out and see this film. It's very relatable, very well written. And that's always Thank a good you. thing. Very good quality product. So you're cheating yourself if you don't go see it. So please, please, please go out and watch Awake. You will not be disappointed. Matt Cole Films on Instagram. And yep. check out his film. Please, people, it's, you're missing out if you don't watch it. So I appreciate it, Matt. Did I you have a good time? It. Oh, man. This podcast is awesome. 